Hi, and thanks for taking the time to listen to this RCD Radio interview with me, Sam Steen, and Dan Rothman from the band London Grammar. They're playing at Rock All, a gig put on by Denis Tellier, and they've got a brand new album out that's been a long time in the making. Let's speak to Dan about it. Uh, so how's it yeah. all been going? Because uh, I know uh, in the sort of interim between the two records, people have been wondering what had happened to you guys. Was it a, was it a, <laughs> was it a bit of a concern for you when you, know, when you start hearing, oh, you guys have finished or what? um there was a couple of those rumors flying about actually and it was kind of strange um you know i think we we were kind of always just working so it it sort of never really we never really took any of it seriously it wasn't like we'd even we didn't even really take much of a break and we were just taking a long time to do it so um it, it didn't really bother us that much in that sense well, yeah, I mean, I guess it couldn't really, but uh, it's it's an interesting kind of way that a lot of bands have to be now, where you almost have to keep up a social media presence the whole time, yeah. whether you're playing or not. But is is that something that you'd probably look at going in forward, or or is it just happy to sort of just do your music and let that? Well, be I the... think the social media thing is an interesting one, and I think when we begun again releasing music i think we underestimated the importance of social media and how much it had developed since we'd last released music i mean it it was obviously a very digital space in terms of music working in a digital world was already a, a thing was already in existence when we began but it definitely completely it's completely changed in the in the time from our first release to our second release you know with things like spotify being one and then other things like instagram um and just generally like it's about the the, the fact that like artists now need to develop their brand online um in in a completely different way than than we did it 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 doesn't work in the same way anymore unless they take on some kind of like insanely honest brutally kind of charismatic version <laughs> of, of of you know of some kind of persona but the reality is that for a band that's quite difficult because a band is three people and it's it sort of we we didn't really want to necessarily present one of us but you know and, and obviously that one person would be hannah but hannah didn't really want to present herself necessarily as being some kind of celebrity type individual therefore we were presented by how do we present this you know and i think I think at first we were very, very unsure and we made some mistakes with it as well. You know, we re- I think on, on release, I think we didn't get it right. Um, I think we've got better as the years gone on and, and it's taken a lot of like time and reflection and, and looking at other people and how they do it for an example of, of how you should go about it. Um, but I think ultimately we've got there. Um, but it is an interesting, I'm fascinated by it generally and, um, yeah, it's been an interesting learning curve. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, that's a really good point that you make, actually, that, you know, for, for a, a person who is a, maybe a solo artist or whatever, they can be there commenting on things that are happening in the world or, you know, whereas yeah. for a band, you're, you're what do you put out as a united front, you know? Exactly. And I think, um, I think that we've, I think as a group, I think we've never really liked people who do that necessarily too much mm-hmm. on social media. I think we found that it sort of is, listen, it works for some people and they do very well out of, of doing that. But ultimately I think for us, the the only thing that we ever wanted to establish as a United Front was our music. Mm-hmm. That was 
everything that was everything is encapsulated should be encapsulated in the music and you know whether it's what Hannah wants to say you can just listen to the lyrics or if you want to hear what we think about things or you know what our influences are listen to the music but it seems more and more now that people have to express those things in on Twitter or <laughs> show what you know that those things are on Instagram but um that's kind of at odds no, with who you are as well, though, isn't it? I mean, if you're a sort of, you know, kind of ambient, slightly melancholic sounding band, you're not going to be going, you know, oh, lols, well, having a burger out know, with my friends and all this kind of stuff. It doesn't really tie with the brand, if you want to go with that. Exactly. And we, you know, we make very melancholic music. We're actually we're not necessarily, yeah, I mean, yeah. we are quite serious people, but, you know, we're not necessarily, we don't just sit around reading gothic novels. <laughs> I mean, Doc maybe does, but, um, and I actually am reading one at the moment, but we don't always do that. That's the point, you know, and I think, um, I think the most important thing was to try and develop the image of the band in the classiest way we possibly could. And I think we, I think attempted to do that to some extent and it has helped us. And then, and then beyond that, just using it as a means of connecting with the fans. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, of course. And you, you said that you'd spent, you know, you hadn't just been away for the last couple of years. You spent uh, a lot of that working. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it mm-hmm. that you were working on specifically and in terms of just playing with things and, and working on things for the new record? We were beginning from scratch. So we really had very, very little. When we finished touring, we almost had nothing. We had um, a couple of songs that Hannah had kind of begun to work on in um, soundtrack. So it was a process of literally beginning the writing process, going into a production process, and thing from scratch. So it was, you know, and, and the first time, the first record that we made, it took us two and a half years to make the record. So it was like, it was inevitable that it was going to take us two years again this time. I mean, we could have gone on longer, quite frankly, easily. But I mean, I just knew that it was like we had to release Otherwise, it would be too long out of the game. Well, yeah, obviously. And it's interesting, though, that you say it took you so long to do the first one because, uh, well, I guess when you're doing that, you're working on who you are and what you want to sound like and, and all the rest of it. Whereas I would have thought that come this record that, you know, you, you'd know what kind of band that you are. Or was it, you know, was there something something that changed in the meantime? I think many things changed. I think we changed dramatically as people. I think we went through a very, very unique experience. I mean, not necessarily unique, but certainly a strange one. You know, we, we went from total anonymity to becoming, over over a long period of time, uh, becoming a band with a very, very successful record. Um, by the time we'd finished touring, that first record was suddenly, you know, like a, an incredibly high-selling record. And that was a very, very daunting thing to then follow up with. And I think then you begin to question everything, you know, well, what do we do? Do we repeat ourselves? Do we not repeat ourselves? Well, what's it going to be like? Are we going to try and be commercial? Are we not going to be commercial? Who are we going to work with? Are we going to work with not? Do you know what I mean? All of these. Whereas the first time you just did it, it just happened. And we figured it out as we went along. Whereas this time it was sort of trying to have some kind of more of a, of a vision for it, but really we didn't. We kind of just did the same thing again. We kind of just figured it out. Um, but but with that kind of third person, in the, the fourth person in the room being our fans, that was a very sort of daunting process, and I think that's what made it so difficult. Yeah, I can imagine. Do you kind of write it with them in mind? Do you write them, like, I guess for the first one, you're probably writing the songs that you just want to make. 
having not really played on gigantic stages and at huge festivals and stuff like that, that you ended up going yeah. on this play. So where do, do you end up writing songs thinking, oh, this would be good on a live show, or this would work for the fans, or this would, you know... That definitely, that definitely did come into our thinking, for sure. I think we certainly, whether or not like it was necessarily completely conscious or not, I think we felt like we wanted to play with some of like the kind of more live elements that we had developed from playing the record live and bring those into a studio atmosphere. And actually that was the most difficult thing about making a record in some ways from a production point of view was like, how can we make, how can we bring those live elements that people seem to like into the studio without, without sort of overproducing what we had done? Do you know what I mean? I think a lot of people would say that maybe we did, marginally overproduced you know what i mean or we did it, it is sort of overly filled compared to how minimal the first one was so that was always a complicated problem when making the record that's always going to happen though all of a sudden you know you you have a backing i guess of, of a studio or you have the the option to try all of these different things and to experiment and work with stuff I yeah mean, i don't think it's it's kind of unfair to to use that as a stick to beat you with really isn't it <laughs> well you know that's the that is true and that is a, and that is really you know that was the case you know we went into the studio with Paul Epworth who has one of the biggest best most gadget filled studios you know it's the boyhood dream of studios and um it was all at our disposal you know so um and it was very exciting to, to play with that but I think I think the only thing is is that I mean I agree with you it's maybe unfair for people to necessarily use that against us but I do think it was something that was it, it challenged our, our perceptions of what should be more minimal minimal and spacious and it, it just made sometimes it's just you know you need to have a balance both ways yeah well it's worked anyway obviously I mean it went in at number oh, one and, and it's a it's a great record how then though does you know if you've you wanted to bring those live things into the studio, but at the same time you had access to all of those different things that you could only probably use in a studio. So do you have to sort of strip them back again to take them out live? Well, that has been, I mean, that's been another interesting process and it was the first time around because we, because we, we, we kind of make the music in the most studio fashion possible in terms of like the, the songs are built up. We don't play the songs live together in the room. Well, I mean, we do occasionally, but generally we play our part separately when we're recording and writing. So we're sort of writing as we go rather than pre-producing an entire band playing and then, and then record it. So you then have to figure right, how the fuck are we going to like reproduce this live without, you know, without, without nine musicians or whatever it was. And we very much wanted to keep it as simple as three of us on stage because that's, our image and that's something that we felt was important to do which has meant like lots and lots of experimentation with looping and um you know using triggers and all of those kind of things which is very much dot's domain he's kind of the person who is he's been the, the director in that sense and he's um he's very very clever with that and he's kind of developed his own techniques of how to do it and using certain bits of technology to enable us to do things that we've learned from other bands as well which is it been, it's been a process, put it that way. Yeah. Uh, speaking of learning things from other bands, uh, you obviously did help me lose my mind with Disclosure, which was an absolutely belting tune. Um, is that something that you'd kind of like to do more in the future, just collaborating with other groups? And is it something that, how do those things sort of happen? Is that like studios put you together or do you meet on tour or what happens? 
happened because of our... We knew their managers when we were first starting out. Their managers were interested in managing us. Um, they, they're also Sam Smith's managers, and um, who was literally just or just started at the time. He was just on their roster as well. And we were thinking, you know, should we go with, you know, who, we, we didn't know who to go with anyway. We went with a different management team, and they sort of asked Hannah if they would sing on this um, disclosure track, who were relatively unknown at the time as well. And um, they were beginning, because they were beginning to blow up, I think we, you know, we felt it was, again, it was a good, you know, they, were, they thought they were very talented. Dot's actually quite friendly with, Howard from the from the group, um, and um, it, it was just one of those things that just happened. I think like that whole record that they made was really just like they kind of just plucked all of the best vocalists of the scene at the time, and you know, and well, it wasn't even a scene; they kind of created the scene themselves. But it was, you know, they were very shrewd, and they were just very shrewd guys for sure, and so the managers. Yeah, it's funny how that kind of happens. I think Jason Status did it a couple of years mm. previous as well, didn't they? And, uh... Yeah. For sure, absolutely. So, yeah, so, I think they're a good example. Is would you say that? I mean, I wouldn't say that you're very typical of, of the London sort of scene and sound. How is it that you came to people's attention in the way that you did? Because I was actually speaking to a colleague of mine, and she said that you guys used to play in the student bar of the uni that she went to. <laughs> yeah. and that you played there every yeah, single, yeah, every, well... every single week. <laughs> yeah, well, me and me and Hannah, um, we met in in halls at Nottingham Uni, and um, we just began playing together, like in bars and in the, the local student union stuff like that. And then Dot joined us. I think we played three or four shows together as a trio in that bar, um, and then we kind of got spotted. Um, and this debt was made like a demo tape that went round and began making the rounds in the um in the music industry and we were just finishing university at the time so um yeah it was it was uh kind of just happened it was it was pretty it was pretty crazy really and um yeah we got we kind of got signed off the back of nothing so it was <laughs> well, it's funny. nostalgic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you, you said it a while ago yourself you know that you sort of went from that very quickly to being signed and then all of a sudden you're just this absolutely massive band in in the the British music scene and and globally as well. So how, how did that like that that must be quite difficult to deal with just personally. Um, I like <laughs> I, I mean great wonderful you're yeah. on tour and all that and the rest of it. But like what do you do to your just because your your life must just get turned upside down. You know whatever plans you have, whatever mates you have, and stuff like that. All of a sudden you're off and away. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it is a strange experience really in some ways and um i think what it's amazing and i and i love it you know i i've I, I always wanted to do it and i'm glad i've had the chance to see the places i've seen and play some of the most amazing gigs and it's been incredibly enjoyable from that perspective but it definitely does alter your existence and you kind of live a split personality of like a life on the road and a life at home and you're trying to balance the two is is a difficult thing and I think most musicians will probably unless I think unless you really live on the road and you live and breathe it all the time and you party and you live it to the max if you don't if you're trying to maintain a home life as well then it becomes slightly more tricky and it's uh, it's an interesting thing to balance but you know it, it can be done and um, it's I've made it work thus far well, I guess you know, so, but, it, but sort of yeah. relative time off between the records has allowed you to sort of maybe step back into that again but would you take as much time do you think between 
now on the next album again? I think it's too early to tell right now. I think I think there's a part of us that would, you know, like a little bit of time just to just to, you know, relax and kind of once we finish this this European run, I think we're gonna just have a little bit of time to reflect over the Christmas period at least. And then I think we'll probably begin to decide. Um I, I would imagine like that it will probably take us however long it takes us. And that could be one year, it could be 10 years, I don't really know. I think what I've learned is that you cannot predict anything in the music industry. It is entirely impossible. Um, in fact, that's what my manager told me, and he's quite a smart guy. He manages Adele, so he knows what he's talking about. Well, a good guy to have in your corner, then, I guess. Yeah, no, he's, you know, he's, he's a great guy, and he's very, very, very knowledgeable. Um, but yeah, he, he says that all the time to me. You know, it's very, very hard to predict. And you, I often say one thing and the other thing happens. So, you know, I never know. We'll what, see. What do you think about the music industry anyway at the moment? Because I know you guys, you've you've been through an interesting period, like you said, with the emergence of Spotify and things mm. like that. And, and I would say that you guys are an album band rather than a singles band. I know you've released quite a few mm. uh, you know, there's I think about five singles off of this record already, which is a lot, but it, but the albums stand alone quite well, whereas that's something that maybe yeah. isn't happening as much as it, as it did. Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's been interesting for us, because I think that we really have struggled with singles this time. We have not had a single, really, that has connected on a scale that maybe some of the singles did from the previous record, like Strong or Wasting My Young Years. We haven't really had that. Maybe in certain... Um, locations like i know in belgium one song has like had you know some traction but and in england maybe for a brief period but really it was about the album this time um and what you know maybe it worked in our favor because i think it kind of maybe separated us slightly and actually the album has done quite well given the circumstances of the record industry it has actually achieved a decent status you know we've gone gold in the uk not that i'm counting and gold in, in in other in other regions in europe and i think like that is a testament to the fact that our fans have bought into the record and they've begun i think they were concerned about it at first i think i spoke to a lot of them and they were like didn't really know what the fuck you guys were doing but like i kind of see it now you know i get it and it's grown on people as a record and that's been really really important hopefully we'll continue to do that over the next year that's what the first one did um what I think has become more difficult for a band like us is to have the promotional capacity that we once did. I think people are slightly less interested in you when you're not a new band anymore. And if you also don't have an enormous social media following, it's difficult to gain promotion, like TV promotions, that, those kind of things in certain regions, because, I don't know, maybe you're not going to draw in the figures that another artist who has a very, very high social media personality might do so i think that 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 makes it makes it more difficult for us but um i think we've just learned you, you can do things now in the music industry on your own you can do it in your own way and if you put in the time and the effort and you really focus on it you can do it alone you don't actually need any of the old-fashioned media necessarily you just need to make the music as good as possible make your you know make your product as good as possible and the live show as good as possible and then hope that everything else the join the, the dots join as it were um so that was a long-winded answer did that make any sense no no it did absolutely and i think it's interesting as well you mentioned that people you know it's an album that kind of grows on people and that's actually i think that's kind of a rare thing 
these days. You know, when mm. when you go to gigs, very often people will know the singles or they'll know one or two songs. Whereas, you know, people have had time to digest the album, as you said. You know, it could take however long it takes, but people will know all of the songs and they'll probably connect with them a lot more. And and in terms of mm. selling stuff, I guess another thing that's changed in the music industry over the last couple of years is just the fact that putting songs into advertisements and into televisions and, and things like that is, you know, whereas once it might have been selling out, now it's just what you have to do and it's completely normal. It's just accepted. And I think that kind of suits yeah, you guys quite well as well. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Cool. Right, well, I just rambled on with my own answer there. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you so much for talking. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to the show and uh, best of luck with the, well, you know, the continued touring of the record and, uh, and the rest of the tour. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Lovely to speak to you. You too, Dan. Take care. Bye-bye. Speak to you. Bye. Bye.